Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Medicinal Chef's Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm Dale Pinnock, the Medicinal Chef, best-selling author, nutritionist, and creator of Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Every week here in the podcast, I'm going to be answering your questions and discussing key topics around the field of nutrition to help give you clarity and to expand your knowledge. Hey folks, hope everyone is well and that you are surviving this cold weather. I don't know where you're listening, but certainly here in the UK, it is absolutely freezing. I've literally just got back to my office, uh, been to the gym this morning, and when I left the house, it was evil cold. I mean, so cold that it literally feels like you've got razor blades cutting through your fingers. You know, that kind of cold, that's what it was this morning. But this kind of brings me to this week's subject. This is something I was actually watching on the news as well this morning. There was a lot of talk around antibiotic overuse. And over the last few weeks, I have seen a lot of people speaking about supporting immunity naturally. Lots of discussions around that. So I just thought I would add my input to the mix. Nutrition certainly can be a very valid way to support and sometimes enhance our immunity. And there's there's three main areas that I tend to focus on per, personally. There's a lot more that we can talk about, obviously, but three areas that I always... Are my, they're my go-to, they're my fallback for um, nutritional immune support strategies. It's because they've got the most data behind them and, in my opinion, are the most effective. So we'll go through those three things now and um, they're things that are very easy to, to implement in your day-to-day life. So the first thing I want to talk about is the mineral zinc. Now, this is a very, very commonly deficient nutrient here in the UK particularly amongst men, because they've got a very, very high demand for it. It's the only nutrient, like actual nutrient, nutrient meaning something that you have a specific requirement for and you can get a deficiency of. The other thing that we're going to talk about has got a lot of data behind it, but it's not a true nutrient because you can't display deficiency signs if you don't get enough, but it's a substance that benefits our health. We'll get onto that in a minute. But in terms of nutrients, zinc is the only one that consistently performs very, very well in clinical trials when it comes to working with the common cold, for example, and clearing infection. Now, for years, we've always been told to reach for the vitamin C. First signs of a cold, grab some vitamin C, you'll be fine. Now, vitamin C really hasn't performed that well in trials. It's hit and miss, to say the least. Some trials, it's shown a lot of promise and a lot of efficacy. Then in other trials, it really hasn't shown any benefit whatsoever. Zinc, on the other hand, absolutely consistent. Time after time, trial after trial, zinc has shown a lot of promise in supporting immune function. Now, this all comes from the influence that zinc has on white blood cells. Zinc is used to code genes that regulate the way in which certain types of white cell move to the site of infection and deliver their activity against pathogens or damaged or infected cells. So remember, genes are like the computer program inside every single one of our cells. The genetic code is the software that runs the whole shebang. Zinc is used to code specific genes 
that regulate white cell activity. So the white cells, these are, you know, obviously I know everyone on this podcast comes from different backgrounds, okay? So if, if you're like knee-deep in this with 25 PhDs, I'm sorry if I'm teaching you how to suck eggs. This probably isn't the right place for you. But, you know, if, if, you, if you're new to this and you're wanting to get your head around nutrition, we'll go through some of the, some of the key terms. The white cells, the white cells are essentially the army of the immune system. They're the branch of the immune system that can be can be called in to deliver different types of responses to different types of pathogens or different types of cellular or tissue injury okay they're the circulating army of the immune system and zinc is used to code genes that regulate how effectively they deliver the responses that they're designed to deliver in terms of amounts women need around about 15 milligrams daily men need around 30 milligrams daily because men use zinc in testosterone metabolism and synthesis so we do have a slightly higher requirement particularly if you're active chaps if you're active um, you probably could go up to about 40 45 milligrams in terms of food sources shellfish pumpkin seeds walnuts all great sources so number one nutrient for support and immunity is zinc now moving on to the second thing and this is the this is one that i'm particularly excited about it's one that i did um my dissertation on in my second degree i'm in my herbal medicine degree and it's mushroom polysaccharides certain types of mushroom there's a few of the edible ones. Most of the most, of the most powerful ones are non-edible. We'll get onto those in a minute. But certain types of mushroom contain very, very complex sugars called polysaccharides. Polysaccharides can be, you know, only four or five sugar molecules inside, or they could be, you know, 20 plus. These particular polysaccharides, such as beta-glucan, have got over 40 years of clinical research conducted on them. 40 years years so this isn't just like you know three lines in the daily mail this is a enormous enormous body of evidence to support this activity a lot of it has been carried out by dr hiraoki namba at the kobe pharmaceutical university in japan also been some interesting data from i think it was like the mid 90s from the usa as well particularly with one type of polysaccharide so these specialized sugars these complex sugars that you find in mushrooms have been shown to influence the immune system quite dramatically. Now, the first thing that they do is that they stimulate the production of a particular type of cell called a natural killer cell. Natural killer cells can actually identify cell surface markers on infected cells. So when one of our cells is infected by like a virus or indeed becomes damaged cancerous for example i mean every single one of us right now has got active cancer cells in our body but the immune system generally keeps on top of it the immune system can identify cell surface markers that tells the immune system that there's a problem the immune system delivers the right kind of response the cell dies off we carry on so the natural killer cells are able to identify cell surface markers that basically are giving the signal that that cell is in trouble be it from um, a pathological influence such as a virus or whether it's some kind of internal cellular dysfunction so the, the mushroom polysaccharides have been shown to increase natural killer cell production quite dramatically the other thing that they do is increase the number of and the activity of 
phagocytes. Now, phagocytes, there's several different types of white blood cell that can actually have phagocytic activity. And this is something, I mean, any of you guys that are members of Nutrition Coaching Monthly uh, would have seen the immunity session. And we talk a lot about phagocytosis and that whole process. If not, get yourself in there because that is a good session. Phagocytes, in essence, can identify, again, damaged cells, something that doesn't belong in the body or something that's potentially pathogenic. And what they can actually do is start to extend their own membrane. Their membrane kind of reaches out like fingers and envelopes these particular items, be it pathogen, damaged cell, whatever, envelops these items and pulls these items inside and exposes them to a whole array of poisons, which kill it, break it down, metabolize it, and then they spit it back out for removal via the lymphatics. Mushroom polysaccharides have been shown to increase the numbers of these types of cells, increase the rate at which they move to the site of infection or tissue damage, and also how aggressively aggressively, <laughs> aggressively they deliver that phagocytic activity. So this is pretty impressive, but this is what gets really, really fascinating is how they actually deliver this. Now, mushroom polysaccharides don't get absorbed systemically. They've been found completely intact in stool samples. They come out the other end without ever getting into our circulation, yet they deliver this profound influence on our immunity. And we figured out that how they do that is by interacting with something called gut-associated lymphoid tissue. Now, gut-associated lymphoid tissue, as the name suggests, is a branch of the lymphatics that is present in the gut. There's little patches of tissue throughout the gut called payers patches. And you could think about these patches as being a little bit like a surveillance station, a little security hut. Constantly monitoring gut contents. If you think about it, the gut is an obvious way for pathogens and problematic substances to enter our body. It's a direct interface between the outside world and the inner workings of the body. So it does need to be tightly policed. These little surveillance stations are constantly monitoring gut contents and then reporting their findings back to the immune system. There's certain types of cells in there, like antigen-presenting cells, and then next to the payers' patches, there's also cells called dendritic cells, both of which can activate our immunity and an immune response when they register some kind of pathological influence coming in through the gut. Mushroom polysaccharides interact with the immune system at this level. That's what we know. There, there is interaction at the payers' patches level. But what this interaction actually is, is still yet to be established. But the main sort of purveying theory is that mushroom polysaccharides are very similar in structure to the kind of polysaccharides that you would find displayed on the outer surface of certain types of bacterial pathogens. And in, in, in essence, what's going on as these polysaccharides move over the payers patches, the cell lines that inhabit this, these patches of tissue think that the body's under bacterial attack because they're similar to these, these bacterial-bound polysaccharides. And so they stimulate a cytokine cascade. Cytokines are chemical messengers that kind of ramp up the immune, the immune response. They set up this cytokine cascade and prepare the body for a bacterial attack that doesn't actually occur. So the body's now got higher levels of natural killer cells and phagocytes and all this kind of stuff. 
so it can actually deliver other benefits. There's a whole host of other crazy things that go on with mushroom polysaccharides, particularly for allergies. We've got things like TH1, TH2, shift, all of that good stuff, but that's way beyond just the remit of this podcast. If you're into that, get yourself in Nutrition Coaching Monthly, even if it's just to watch that session. Sign up, watch that session, and, and go again if you want to. It's really, really worth it. And then moving on to a third area that I really kind of focus on, and this, in a way, links to the last one, and that is focusing on developing the health of gut flora. Now, there's a huge, huge, huge amount of conversation around gut health and the influence of gut health on our overall well-being over the last couple of years. Some of it has been quite exaggerated. Other aspects of it have been misunderstood. But one of the the newer things to come to light, and some of this has come from the University of Cork in Ireland, is that gut flora can influence immunity systemically. We've always like had an inkling that it, gut flora would provide an element of immunological benefit at a local level, certainly being a bacterial barrier for potential pathogens, also competing against other bacterial pathogens. But we now know that they can influence what's going on systemically, systemically being like throughout the whole body. And again, it seems like it's it's interaction with this lymphatic tissue, interaction with the cell lines that populate this tissue. And again, kind of influence in cytokine cascades and different immunomodulatory substances that are secreted by those cell lines. So, you know, it's still still a little hit and miss as to exactly what, what bacterial strains are optimum. There's lots of different opinions around that. I mean, some of the research is fascinating. Go out there and, and, and look for it if you can. The University of Cork, their work is really, really good. But general good housekeeping for the gut. So, making sure that you've got regular intakes of things such as inulin and oligosaccharides. Inulin you find in onions and garlic. Oligosaccharides you'll find in, I mean, inulin's an oligosaccharide, but things like fructo-oligosaccharides you find in sweet potatoes, in parsnips. And also good quality um, mixed strain probiotic, a course every every couple of months. Just good housekeeping for the gut will help to keep that in check. But that's a, that's a, certainly an interesting area to keep your eye on in terms of research. It's still developing, but it's an exciting area. So those are my three main focal points for supporting in immunity with nutrition. But there is one more thing that I would steer towards, and this is such a simple one, and it's one that I've been banging on about for years. Um, the likes of you know Patrick and all those kind of people have been talking about it for years. So it's nothing new. It's a low glycemic diet. Low glycemic diets basically don't cause peaks and troughs with blood sugar. So you're going to be reaching for very, very slow-burning carbohydrate sources like you know brown rice, brown pasta, brown breads instead of the white versions minimizing your intake of those kind of concentrated carbohydrate sources right across the board anyway and instead build your diet around non-starchy vegetables good quality proteins and healthy fats that way you're eating in a way that stops your blood sugar going through massive spikes we know that very elevated blood sugar and also big spikes of insulin can downregulate white cell number and act- and activity make the whole immune system just a little bit sluggish and a little bit sleepy so there we go. That's my that's my two penny, pennies worth to 
this whole conversation that's happening at the minute around nutrition and immunity. Hopefully there was a few useful nuggets in there. That's the whole point of the podcast, nutrition nuggets being just that. So if that was of use to you, if you were interested by some of the stuff that we're talking about and you want to take your learning a little bit further, you want to take it up a notch, then please come and join me in Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Nutrition Coaching Monthly is my monthly nutrition school. It's not like a formal qualification. It's not like something that you have to give XYZ amount of study to. It's for people that just want answers, people that want to actually get into more depth and detail around the subject of nutrition. We hold live interactive classes every single month, plus additional live open forum Q&As every single month. Each month I'll be going in-depth about a different topic. We cover all the anatomy, the physiology, the biochemistry, how nutrition interacts with this and influences this and how you can manipulate that to deliver certain outcomes. Also, I invite guest speakers on some of the biggest names in the industry that you can actually talk to live get your questions answered by them. All of this in one single place. If you like the sound of that, just go over to my website, which is themedicinalchef.co.uk. From the homepage, you can access online programs. Just look for any of the navigation that says online programs. And through there, you'll see one of them is called Nutrition Coaching Monthly. That will give you more insight. You can even sign up to a free class to give it a free trial if you want as well. So hope that was of use to you. From next time, I will be answering your questions. I've started to get a few come in after episode one. If you want to send me your question to get answered here on the podcast, then the email to do so is dale at themedicinalchef.co.uk. Dale at themedicinalchef.co.uk. Ping the question through to me and I'll get them answered here in the podcast. But until next time, see you later.